and a very warm welcome to Stokers and Radar and Cuts, our monthly podcast brought to you by Pig. Play your best, your very best. Radar, what a few weeks it has been in the world of golf. I think it's fair to say we've got plenty to discuss today. And we also, ladies and gentlemen, have a very, very special guest. All will be revealed in the not too distant future. Just to remind you as well, do check us out on social at Sturkers Radar on Twitter and Sturkers and Radar Pod on Insta. If you fancy dropping us an email, you can as well, Pod at gmail.com. But Radar, first of all, let us start with the US Open. Now, before we get into Matt Fitz, before we get into the drama and how unbelievable that Sunday was at that major championship, just a word on Brookline as a venue. It looked incredible on TV. How special was it to walk those fairways? One of the best golf courses, Sarah, I've ever seen. Um, it was very much like your Sunningdale, your Wentworth type thing. It was generous off the tee for US Open standards. The greens were firm, just what you would expect, and fast. It was it stole the show. Well, we know who stole the show, but the golf course, I tell you what, it lived up to its billing of being just a sensational place to play. It isn't a, a big golf course, but look, they will go back there. It was magnificent. It truly was a great US Open. It was, and we had all the drama on Sunday. I know you're a big fan of Matt Fitzpatrick. We've been watching his progress. We had Billy Foster, his caddy, on the podcast last month. Uh, we'll get to that uh, shortly. But how pleased were you to see one of the hardest workers in the game of golf, after all the recent form he's shown, quality player, finally break through and win his first major championship? Uh, yeah, he's, he's just an incredible talent, just... Uh... And I didn't know he logged every shot of his whole life. I didn't know that. And to, to, to have the discipline to do that, you know, back in our day, you would go, you know, back to the room and log your shots. You go down to the bar and have a few beers and crack on. And, you know, you wouldn't be logging stuff. And he, that's what he does. Look, he just does it his own way. He swings the club so very well. When we spoke to Billy last time, he says he's put on 20 yards. He certainly has. I mean... He was out driving DJ. Yeah. He, he, he got him by 30 down 15 one day, which I broadcasted out. I couldn't believe it. DJ's going in there with a nine iron and it flip fits his hitting wedge. I mean, it was just unreal. He's, he looks to me like he's put on like a stone in weight, which is holding him in good stead. When he first came out, he was built like a jockey. He was built like Frankie Vittori. And he was, he was a thin little guy. He looked like the only thing he didn't have uh, was, was a magic wand because he looked like Harry bloody Potter. <laughs> I've always remember, I've heard you say this about Matt Fitz before. You know, you're like, he looks about in the nicest possible way because he's, he's such a, I love him to bits. He's such a good guy. He's, he's so personal. You say he looks about, he looks about 16, doesn't he? He, he just, still does. <laughs> he still does. Maybe he'll, let's hope. He ages quickly when he gets to about 40 because we're going to see him if he gets and he looks about 30. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's, and yeah, he, he yeah, doesn't look any older. When he first came out on tour, he's, uh, he's yeah, youthful good looks. Yeah. Uh, so what about this bunker shot then on 18? It will go down in the history books. I'm already, he said I think he's already watched it about 25,000 times since that victory on Sunday. It's been played news outlets sports outlets in the media it was a shot for the ages you but you were confident he could put it off yeah yeah he i went up there obviously before he hit it in that bunker uh and he he, he, he there was a little tongue sticking out and the lie was great 
and and it, he just had enough room to whip the club from out to in around the lip. And the way he swings the club, he's quite flat. And uh, and he has this amazing power now. And there were a lot of golfers would get there and they couldn't have played it. I would have said, no, this guy can't do this. But he could. He, he was just one of those. 16 greens after 17 holes, he'd already hit in regulation. So he's feeling it. He really is. And I just said, yeah, no, I honestly believe he, he can do this. And he didn't, he didn't let me down. It was, you know, it was probably a silly call for me. That, you know, when you make a brave statement you, as a broadcast on-course commentator, you don't seem to want to do it at the US Open on the 72nd hole. Like it could have, I could have been standing there naked in the middle of the fairway if it didn't come off and he slammed it into the lip. You know what I mean? But I just knew. I knew he was up for it because he's at the top of his game right now and he's, it looks like he's going to get better in my eye. You've never made a bad call in your life, Radar. Yeah, well... Always bang on. Geez, I love you. <laughs> it was amazing though, wasn't it? How much, you know, I know, again, you've followed him, you've, you've walked plenty of rounds with Matt Fitz. How much does he kind of... You talk about the diligence. How much has he kind of maybe engaged with you on the golf course during his career? Um, no, he's not one of those guys. Uh, he, he, he is, he's very much, he, he's polite. He'll come up and say, g'day, Radar, how you doing? How's things? You all right? Yeah, and I'll go blah, blah, blah. And we might shoot the breeze for 20 seconds. But then he goes back to his his job, which I respect. I don't want, most of the golfers usually come up to me uh, when on the fairway. It doesn't matter who it is, Tiger, Smith, it doesn't matter who. Usually it's, they'll come up for a whinge. It's not really to go, how's your mother's chickens, Radar? You know, how, how's everything going? It's not like that. It's more, you know, when someone's out driving them or the, the wind got up or whatever, they'll come over and have a little wine. And I don't mind that. I find that quite entertaining that I'm their, I'm their agony aunt. Yeah, well, what an agony aunt you are. Do you know what, then? It's been great to hear your perspective your thoughts as you sort of recount and look back at what was an amazing Sunday at the US Open. Do you know what? Should we hear from the man himself? Can we? We can. Yeah. Very special guest, ladies and gentlemen. Delighted to say that we are joined by the US Open winner, Matt Fitzpatrick. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us. And first things first, many congratulations. What an unbelievable performance. And I'm delighted that you are sitting talking to us on Sturkus Radar as a major champion. So uh, many congratulations from his birth. Both, obviously, Radar was out with you, so he saw it and up close and personal. I was watching on TV. It was just incredible. So come on, first things first, couple of weeks on, how is life treating you as a major winner? <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's different. It just feels different, you know. It's, um, I mean, I've not stopped smiling since, since, like, since two Sundays ago, so... Um, yeah, it's just been a, been a complete whirlwind. Everything's been 100 mile an hour, but, uh, you know, you wouldn't change it at all. You said at the, at the time, quite a few interviews, and obviously you've been doing the rounds in terms of media, so we do appreciate you uh, putting us in your media requirement list as well. But you said it felt better than you thought it would. Has that been the case for the last couple of weeks as well? It's kind of blown your mind in terms of how good it feels. Yeah, I would say so. Um, it's, it's felt... 10 times better than I ever thought it would for, for whatever reason. I think just for me, uh, looking back, I spoke to a few people about it and I think just 
the work that I feel like I've put into my game and and in improving just over the whole course of my career just you know that's that's what we try and that's what we play for to win majors and I think because I did it it, it just feels that much better um that the work the hard work paid off and um I think that's why it was kind of it just completely different look we're going to get on to sort of the work and and some of the distance the speed work I want to sort of pick your brains about that and obviously the, the professional and the diligence that a lot of golfing aficionados have mentioned but I know Radar just wants to say uh, congratulations to you as well and, and have a quick word no absolutely fantastic it was uh some of the best I didn't know you hit that many greens until we got to the last <laughs> that bunk of that and then I looked at it and then then all of a sudden he's hit every green he's missed one green or something yeah, yeah. it really has the game has come a long way man I mean have you put on a little bit of weight like a stone maybe um, a little bit. I mean, I, I, I measure myself in kilograms. So I, I was, I've been like 72 kilograms forever, to be honest. But um, this year probably got up to like 70, 74. But it's not, it's not like, it's not, I wouldn't say it's made a massive difference, you know, to, to that. That's not been the difference maker, is, is, I guess is what I'm trying to say. No, and you, but you're moving it out there with that driver. Absolutely fantastic. Love it. Just, I'm going to ask you one more question. Being the ultimate professional, that you are what what how are you going to go about the tournaments leading the scottish you're playing the open uh, how are you going to deal with that to because the adulation is going to be phenomenal you know that have you already thought about all that uh not really no i'm trying to take it a day at a time to be honest it's um you know just i'm trying to kind of get organized these next two weeks and, and get a plan together kind of get everything out in front of me so I know where I'm going know what I'm doing each day I, I learned something good off Danny Willett funnily enough um I, I remember back when he won the Masters and I think I asked him he wanted to play nine holes or something on a Wednesday and he said yeah yeah no no problem I've not got any media he was like I make sure that I do all my media before or any commitments before and and say no no to anything on Wednesday which I thought was really good in the fact that you know that Wednesday gives him that time to to go and practice to go and do whatever he needs to do even if it's have a day off for example it's uh, uh so I thought that was quite good so you know I, it's something that I'll, I'll look to do similar sometimes it's not always that easy but like I say I think just the key is just to be really well organized and and just manage your time well oh I think you'll be just just fine just where's the trophy the trophy is right there Oh, my goodness. <laughs> hey, knowing you, Matt, that's what is it, full of Ribena or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Do you know what? I've not actually had a drink out of it yet, um, which uh, I feel like I should have, but I'm going on holiday after the Open and um, it's coming with me because I'm going straight from holiday back to the US. So um, I think it might get a little bit of a drink uh, then. <laughs> Matt, just coming on, you know, Radar's talked about there a little bit of, you know, sort of talking about the, the the distance. And I know a lot's been made in the media and you've talked about it and obviously the distance that you've you've added. And I know you've talked a bit about the speed work. Can you just, I just think this is fascinating, the kind of the work you've put in and the yardage you've now added. And our viewers will, and our listeners will be intrigued to know a little bit more. Can you just go into that in a bit more depth as to how, if you say, oh yeah, I've added 20 yards, 30 yards, whatever. But honestly, what work has gone into that? How have you physically done that? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to give away all the secrets, obviously, but um, 
I, I work with a guy called Sasha McKenzie, um, and he's sort of been in close contact with my coach, Mike Walker. Um, and you know, in, in, you know, in, in working with my trainer as well, uh, Matt Roberts. So those three have kind of had really good lines of communication these last two years. Um, Sasho came at the end of 2020 to see me in Florida uh, and he had this new product called the stack, uh, which is like a speed stick, but you can change the weights. Um, and I've been using it ever since. Um, literally, I used it for 2020 right till the summer of 21. And then I stopped using it. I had a couple of injuries, had a few other things going on and, and it just kind of slipped away from me and um, didn't think anything of it didn't play very well in the summer kind of got it back towards the end of the year then started playing well again and then hit it really hard at the start of this year and I looked at the end of last year my stats basically said my driving literally got worse once I stopped doing that um not only distance but you know the accuracy as well the strokes gained because for me it's not just the speed that it gives me I feel like it's the control as well I feel like I can you know i own the club and, and I can move it how I want rather than the other way around. Um, and basically since I've been doing it again, it, you know, we've, we've had a really good run with it. I've, I've worked on it really, really hard. Um, and yeah, it's paid off. And it's strange because I feel like as crazy as it sounds, it's almost happened overnight because I played with Shane Lowry in Canada and for what the week before, and for whatever reason, like I played with Shane plenty of times, but for whatever reason that week, I remember me and him talking about it. We were like, I, I, I was a bit surprised, but I was just hitting it so far. Mm. Um, and then get to Brookline and and I was hitting it past DJ for the first two rounds as well. And I was like, I honestly, I was like, where the hell's this come from? And I was, <laughs> I was loving it, obviously, but um, it all, it's all kind of, I don't know, I guess my body just figured it out and, and, and kind of went with it. But uh, yeah, it's, took taken time but it, there's uh it, it's paid off so far but that it's just it's incredible because physically you've made that change you've you've had a game plan you said right i want to do this you found a system that works like you said your body your body's adapted how instrumental has that been in in the standard you've now achieved the recent run of form and becoming a major champion but also the like you said you know you're hitting it past dj that confidence that it gave you that week to think everything's there everything's in place and i've worked so hard to make this happen yeah, I think particularly um, in line with the fact that I've had success at Brookline before, um, I think just both the, all those things coming together, it was like the perfect week. It, you know, it, it's everyone's everyone. It's it's really cliche, but it was literally a dream week. It's um, it's a golf course I feel comfortable. It's a golf course that I, I love playing on. Um, I've won around there. All of a sudden, I'm hitting it really, really well this year. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just, yeah, doing, it, it, it all, it all clicked. And, and it's funny, I said to Billy early in the year, we, we had moments where I'd play well with, you know, driving short game approach play, be really good. And the putter would be off or the putter short game and approach would be off and driving it, just one of the four aspects of the game just wasn't there. And, and that week we, it was just everything, everything was on and, and it all clicked. Matt? We're going to talk about the bunker shot on the last. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, I stood in there and Fax was talking and he says, oh, this just looks this looks like he's going to punch it out. I went, no. I said, no, he, he can do this. And do you know why? Because the way you are swinging the club and what you've described, the speed, 
You can yeah. only play, not everyone could have played soccer, and you know that. And the speed that you possess right now helped amazingly to be able to miss that tongue, send it so far left, and slice it back behind the flag. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I, I've said, obviously, in a lot of the media that fairway, I've not been great in fairway bunkers at all this year. Like, I've been really poor, and, and it's something Billy's been on at me for a while um, to improve. And I've, I've practised it. You know, the club that I'm at, the Grove in Florida, um, they have a fairway bunker, and I've spent plenty of time in there and, and hit loads of shots out of it. And even there, just struggled, though, not necessarily getting it right. Um, so, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I was low on confidence going into that shot. but. Um, for me, for whatever reason, I just feel like it was completely natural ability. Whatever it was, it just took over and 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 they hit the shot. It's, I mean, I said to to someone else, I've not hit that much shape on a, on a shot in, you know, probably in six months to ten to twelve months. It, it I, I couldn't believe when I looked up, I thought it'd come out straight. I didn't think I'd hit any fade, and it wasn't just fading; it was like slicing. It was, you know, and I. At the time, people were like, is that the best shot you ever hit? And I thought, yeah, you know, it was a good shot. But now I, look, now I really look back and had the time to reflect on it. I'm like, it's the best shot I've ever hit in my life. There's no doubt about it. You'll never forget that shot. You, no, you'll, never. You know, it wasn't in the monthly medal at your local club in Sheffield, big fella. It's the 72nd hole of the US Open. Yeah. And you go out and do, similar to Sandy Lyle's shot, a better shot than Sandy's. I love you, Sandy, but... You know, you're in the middle of the bunker. What we've got is we've got a shot there that was just... We'll, we'll never forget it, and you certainly won't. Yeah, yeah. It was it was amazing. Matt, I think also, you know, I watch... Sometimes watching when somebody's in position, all comes down to nerves, all comes down to pressure. Guys trying to win a major championship for the very first time. It, I'm always fascinated. I love... I'm into, really into sports psychology, so I always watch the body language. I'm looking at the dialogue between player and caddy. I just watch really closely, like, the breathing and just you know how, how a player looks maybe a little nervous twitches or anything like that just just talk to us honestly how you were feeling in that moment you know you said earlier it felt it was the perfect week I felt good I felt calm but in those the last couple of holes just what were you saying to yourself what were you and Billy saying without you know revealing again everything but no sure how, how comfortable were you in that position at that time for me that like there's there's been so so much going on in that aspect you know I, I feel like I, you know, I concentrate really hard on the golf course. I feel like I'm very focused. Lots of people give me abuse because I should smile more, apparently. Um, but I'm just, you know, I'm just concentrating. Like, I, you don't, they don't, I don't say that to them in the office, do I? So, um, so, so, you know, so there's a, there's a, there's a bit of that. And then, um, but those last few holes in particular, I felt all week, like I say, given how comfortable I was, um, that I could that I could win. You know, I, I backed myself that I could win. I, particularly the experience from the USPGA, I looked back at. I didn't really have time to sort of give it a full reflection of it, to be honest. But um, I guess kind of in the moment, you think back to, oh, well, what did I do when I was in this position? And 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 I kind of just rolled with it, really. And um, for me, I, I felt like the USPJ, everything was looking back. It was all a bit quick and it was a bit rushed. And and I, I can think of moments when I was with Billy where I hit shots at the USPJ on Sunday and I didn't I didn't ask him where the wind was. You know, I, I just assumed where it was from the hole before or the shot before. And and that's not, you know, that's not good enough in the, in those moments. And 
to me, I look back at Sunday and, and every single shot we hit that, that needed dis- discussing over every single one. I, literally, we didn't get one wrong. Not wrong, one routine was was broken. Everything was was perfect. Um, and coming down those last few holes, I just felt so comfortable with my swing off the tee with my irons. I just felt confident, really, in, in what I had. Um, and I think probably looked like the last few holes other than me laughing my head off on 17 because I had the world's fastest putt. Um, other than that, I wasn't, I didn't really show much like laughing and joking. Like I showed more emotion than I've ever shown uh, in a tournament, I would say. But I think that's also because of my link there and, and, and just what it, what it meant. Yeah. The thing is, you're the US Open champion because of pure talent and you should be wheeling your ghoulies around in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll, I'll note that. I'll bring a wheelbarrow to Scotland for you, Radar. <laughs> and, and you know, Radar, we, we were having a bit of a we were having a bit of a conversation before Matt joined us live and at the, the top of the podcast. And, and everybody kind of in the golfing world has been saying this and well documented on social media. Your kind of professionalism, your diligent approach, the fact you've what noted down every shot. Lots been made of that, hasn't hasn't it, Matt? You know, that's sort of 12 years you've written down every shot that you've hit in practice and in tournament play a lot of that I'm sure is your personality it's innate you were born with it but how dedicated have you been to your chosen sport over the last 20 years you know 15 20 years to enable you to get to this point how much let's be honest bloody hard work has gone into to to you now sitting there being a major winner yeah I I think you know I'll be I'll be brutally honest like I'd say that I'm I don't. I hate to sound big. I hate to be this person, but yeah, I'm going to take it while I while I'm on, you can open. Say whatever yeah, you like. Yeah, I would say I'm I'm easily top three hardest workers on tour. Yeah, I, I just feel like a because of the way my game is in general. Kind of growing up, I've never been one. I've never been the longest, and just kind of that. You know, I may maybe don't. I don't give off the look that I, I can. You know, compete and play well. So I think that kind of is a mental thing for me that it's like, well, you know, I'm going to show them and, and this is how, how to do it. And, and it's something that my, my mom and dad told me when I was younger, you know, if you want to get somewhere, you've got to work hard for it. And um, that is, you know, that's the, that is the recipe for success. And that's what I really truly believe in. If, if you want to get something, you, you really do have to work hard. And it's not just about hitting a thousand balls a day. I think that's something I've learned over the last three years really as well. It is it, being smart with, with, with your practice and, um, you know, rest is important and practice is important. It's just finding that balance and it's a constant, it's a constant spinning plates. And um, I have a bigger team than probably most guys on tour. And, and I think that's also a big help because I can obviously separate everything to, to, to all the different part, parts of the team and um, just help me be more organized and manage all the situations. And I think that's been a big thing is just being, being organized with, what to work at and when to work at it and what's specific. And, um, and I think because of that, on top of me just wanting to win all the time and wanting to work harder to, to achieve what I want to achieve, it's, uh, it, it's, it's worked out well. And, and, you know, looking at it now, it kind of feels right that it, that at this point in my career, it's kind of the peak point, I guess, and, and ended up with the U S open trophy. Amazing. Radar, isn't that, you've said, you're, you're not just saying that because he's here with us now. <laughs> you've been a massive fan of Matt for a long time as a yeah. guy, as well as a player. How nice is it just to hear that? And, you know, all the players, Rory, 
talking about you know your hard work how that's paid off but Rayla, I know you're a big fan of that kind of diligent approach and it's it's nice to have a guy talking about it so humbly as well yeah well, well I don't see why saying you're one of the hardest workers in the world is big-headed I just don't get it you know that's what you've got to do some yeah. guys don't have to and some guys do and that's well he's found the mixture he's found the you know the recipe and that's and it won't stop it's just one of those things you'll keep on working and um you know that's why people some people win you know you get some guys who are a little more natural and it comes to them do they get the success that matt's had already i'm not i don't know but uh you know to watch him you can win you win around that golf course in that us open you can win around any golf course that's that that's the simple that's a that is a stern test there at brookline so what about, what about the goal now matt how is how are things changed i know you're going to sit down with your team are you going to obviously plan and, and work out and look ahead but honestly now what what are we going to see from matt going forward in terms of major championships yes yeah, so, i mean listen i, I up until the BGA, I'd never really competed in one, um, so I'd never really been in, within touching distance of any any of winning any. So uh, obviously, it's it's you know I wouldn't say it's come as a surprise surprise, but there's things change now all of a sudden. And there's another level of expectation. Um, obviously, more demands on my time for for a short period of time, and um, I think the big thing is is just trying to, in my opinion, and you know, I'm always looking to get better. And, and it's in this situation, it's speaking to other major winners. You know, what did you do that you felt was good? What did you do that was bad? And, um, you know, speaking to Billy and, and my coaches and my managers and Mark Steinberg, I do some work with and speaking to him, what, what, how he, how he's handled major championship winners before. And, and just to me, it's also like a, it's a big learning thing. And, um, I, you know, I might get it right straight away. I might not get it right. It's just one of those things, but I've just got to keep as stupid as it sounds. I just want to try and keep life the same as much as possible and, and do what I've been doing to, to get me where I, where I am. And, and I think that's, I just got to make sure that I don't lose sight of that and, and try and I'm not, not that I am going to change anything. I don't know why you would, but um, it just goes, all goes back to managing time, I think. And, and trying to use it use it wisely matt we're talking about the most one of the most impressive things about your win was i was with you at that southern hills as well and that was only a few weeks prior and that didn't work out the way you planned it how much did you draw off that sunday at southern hills in the pga for your win at the us open yeah i think it's interesting i had that question a few times since and and people you know have you reflected and and it was such a I had such a short week off and then I was gone again. I never really had a chance to sit down and kind of look at it and what did I do wrong? What did I do right? And I I think just in like the heat of the moment in, you know, in Canada or in, in the US Open itself, just thinking back to the USBJ, okay, what happened here? Like like I said, the, the whole routine of me and Billy and, and me asking the wind every time and keeping to the same routine and not missing any details out and really thinking, okay, well, where's the best place to miss it? Where's the best place to hit it? You know, I can think of the 10th hole in particular for me, me and Billy about it after the USPJ, the 10th hole at, at Southern Hills on Sunday. Uh, it was kind of in between clubs, but the flag was back left and we went with what if the ball had come out normal, it was the right club, but we kind of didn't really. It was kind of a bit of a looking back, a bit of like a half 
half-assed effort, in my opinion, on on the club. Like I was just hoping it was going to come out right, and and I don't know what Billy was thinking. Anyway, it didn't it comes out a flyer, goes long, didn't go up and down. So that you know, it's just a simple one like that, and then you take it into the next hole, another bogey. So I, I look back at that afterwards, and I was like, a, I didn't even think about where the best miss was. B, I didn't even ask where the wind was. And like the other thing is, it's you can't be like half into the shot, half out of the shot. It, it's, you know, it's got to be full commitment. And we've talked about it, me and Billy, since we look at eight, the, the, the final round of the US Open, you know, we didn't get one thing wrong. Um, and, and, you know, I didn't really hit one bad shot other than maybe, well, two or, two or three bad shots. And fortunately, they didn't cost me anything. But that was the difference. It was like, everything was committed to on the Sunday at the US Open and, and it was full routine and it was normal and, you know, there was, there was nothing, there was nothing that kind of went wrong. Whereas Southern Hills, it got off to a rough start and then it was like, I was chasing my tail along with not necessarily being as, as focused or taking my time as much as I, I could have. And, and I think that's what was the difference at, at US Open. Amazing, just the perfect summer. Matt, we, we're, we're running out of time. I have to let you go pretty soon, but I must just, we must just say this. You mentioned Billy a lot. He's a, he's a good friend of ours. Obviously, he was on our podcast uh, the last month before, before this one, looking ahead, obviously, after the PGA, looking ahead to the US Open. I'm not going to put you on the spot and say, did you listen to our podcast? I'm just going to play the little clip. This is what Billy had to say talking ahead of the US Open. He was 48th in the world when I started with him three and a half years ago and he's, he's currently 15th and he's only going one way. He's driving the ball 20 yards further than, than what he was 18 months ago and he started chipping cack-handed. I mean, I hate the look of it, having worked for Seve for five years. I think it's an absolute strange thing to look at, but I'll tell you what, his chipping has come on like you can't believe. So we all know he puts well and, and he drives the ball well. So with him getting that bit longer, I think he's turning into a proper player and you could well see this lad with majors and I'm sure it won't be long before he's competing again it might be well as you know it could be the US Open in three weeks time he could feature it again he's playing that well <laughs> he's like a, like a mind reader isn't he <laughs> I want the lottery numbers fits yeah exactly how cool is that though yeah that's funny uh, it's great I mean it's funny because we, we we've had I wouldn't say we've been close to winning this year maybe once or twice I think we've never really been really really in the mix and um Every time it's not really gone our way, you know, he says the same thing. Just keep doing what you're doing. It's going to come up. You you know, he he, he, has, he said himself, you know, it, it's, you know, I don't know if he wants to keep it private. It's now not private, but he said to me, you know, you're going to do big things. You're going to do big things. It's going to happen. It's going to come at the right time. It's going to come at the right time. And, um, yeah, it came at the best time. Yeah. He's a top lad, isn't he, Billy Boy? You two he's... have formed a great partnership, but he's, he's such, I was so happy for him. You know, top lad, amazing caddy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure. We really appreciate you joining us on Spurkers yep. and Radar. Thank you so much for your time. And good old Yorkshire boy, you're not going to change one bit, are you, Matt? Now that you're a major winner, you're no. still going to be Matt, lovely guy, chatting to the media and, and obviously, you know, big fans favourite as well. So you're not going to get too big for your boots. No, we brought back down to the... <laughs> nah, we'll, Billy will give him a slap. Exactly, exactly. Got it in one. Oh, fantastic to have Matt with us. Radar, what a superstar. Like, I genuinely meant what I said there. You've spoken to him a bunch, followed him. You've been out, walked fairways with him. I've spoken to him plenty of times in the media. He's one of, he's one of the nicest guys on tour, isn't he? he and, and he won't change one bit. 
No, he's, he's, he's an amazing, a lovely guy. I mean, he, he just truly is. But, you know, he's, he's a whore. He's a devil on that golf course. I mean, get him out there in his office. You know, you don't want to mess with Matt Fitzpatrick out on the golf course now. I mean, we've seen him win over there on the Earth course at the DP World in Dubai twice on a big golf course. We knew what he could do, but now he's showing us on the the biggest of big stages. He's he's you know he's this is going to be great for golf to have um, someone like this. Amazing, amazing. Right, let's move on to radar. Grants and what's irked me, or what's stirked me? What's been getting your goat this month, Radar? Well, I, I'm hearing some whispers that there are a few players on this this live tour. Look, I've got nothing really against the live tour, nothing. But if you are going to go, go. You know, that's fine. Off you go, but don't come back and start screaming when you're not allowed to play on any other tour because you have joined this tour don't do that and i'm hearing whispers right now that there are some guys thinking well i thought i could go to the live tour and i could play a few here on your tour whether it be the pga tour or the dp world tour no that is that that, that isn't the case yet yet whether they all get together and they work out dates we don't know but i i don't like that look you can't go and sign for manchester united and the next week go and play for Man City, can you? No. No, it's not happening. You want to go? Well, it's good. Go and get your coin and play some golf and enjoy yourself. But don't whinge when you can't come back. I agree. And look, we're going to talk more about live in a minute, but I just wanted to, I hope you agree with me on this, because there's been quite a lot of social media in terms of what's been irking me. Lynn Graham, did you watch that performance, Scandinavian mix? Yes, it was incredible. Making history, win, winning, becoming the first woman to win on the DP World Tour. Of course, it was co-sanctioned with the LET. Same course, same prize fund, nine-shot victory. And some people have not been giving her enough credit or moaning and talking about whinging, whinging because the men and the women played different tees. What, I, I don't understand that rationale, that thinking radar. Men and women, physiologically different. The course was set up to reflect this. Body weight, strength, muscle mass force generation bone density all these things we are different and yet somehow because she was playing different teeth to the men that didn't really count will you back me up on this well it's, it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> because what she it's, did look, i'm a big fan I, I i watched that sunday and i thought it was absolutely magnificent she's a ping player i'm trying to get her on a round with radar you know and I'm, i think she's going to come to the party and it's, it's, it's like, I want to play golf with her. I know she's going to outdrive me, but I'm an old fella now, you know? <laughs> but I, you know, whatever, if she wins by nine shots, she wins by two shots, she loses by three shots. It doesn't matter what happened on that Sunday in Sweden, in uh, Henrik and Annika's event, uh, was, it's great for golf. Yeah, there's too much whinging in our game. It's not going to happen the week where the ladies and the men are going to play together. It's going to happen a few times a year, which is great for our game. And anything that's great for our game, I'm all for. I just yeah. couldn't believe that people took that performance, didn't give her the credit she deserves because they were playing different tees. But why, in, in what stratosphere should men and women be playing from the same tees? That's right. That's right. It is what it is. I hate that saying, but it is. I mean, there, there it is. You won by nine. She's a champion. No one's ever done that before. 
And, you know, I think there's room for bigger tournaments with men and ladies playing mm. together. I've always said, I've, I've done it on our show here, I think the World Cup of golf should come back and it should be one man and one lady together playing for their respective countries. That's we've, I've said that before on Circus and Radar. And yeah. I, I buy it. I think there is room for ladies and men. The Australian Open golf this year is, is playing the Australian Open ladies and the Australian Open men's together. That's yeah. the that's that's, that's a first. That's massive. And uh, I'm all for it. I'm all for change. Unless it doesn't work, of course. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But that tournament swing, it worked. It was awesome. It was awesome. And thank you for backing me up. Because, I, yeah, a lot, look, a lot of people, she got a lot of a lot of plaudits, a lot of people congratulating her on a sensational performance. But there were some people who, yeah, like you said, liked to whinge and took something away from what she achieved because of the situation. But... Right, coming back to Live then, we saw the first event of Centurion. They've got some big names, haven't they? They really have. They're ramping up the player names. A lot of big players have gone. Bryson, obviously, Brooks now. Where's this going? And have you heard any more rumours about other superstars on the move as well? Oh, we're hearing, yeah, we've heard we've heard um, whispers. Uh, we've been hearing, we heard Brooks. Brooks went. Um, I've heard, I've heard uh, Ricky. Uh, I've heard that one. Uh, we've we've heard all, all, all kinds of names. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's true. You can't, and it's very difficult to to say, come out, which we are, but come out all the time and go. Well, this is what I'm hearing. This is what I'm hearing. But then again, if you do say some names, and they come up. So, well, that's not true. Well, oh, thanks very much for clearing that up. It's yeah. but some guys have said I'm not going, and they've gone. Yeah. I don't know whether Liv hit a number, a certain number, and they go, right, I will give you that. And they go, well, I've got to take that. But everyone has their own circumstances. But, you know, there are whispers around Ricky. And, um, you know, it's like we're going to see after that. I think we're going to see a lot after St Andrews. Mm. I think that's when it's going to happen, after the majors are out of the way, uh, which is then. Then we go into the playoffs on the PGA Tour. And obviously the Liv guys can't play the playoffs. But um, much to some players' delight, I imagine. But it's going to be interesting after St Andrews who who goes to live and who stays on the uh, on the, um, the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour, which announced yesterday an amazing thing: the alliance with the PGA Tour and the, the DP World Tour, uh, guaranteed for the next thirteen years. Ten players uh, will go each year over to the PGA Tour. That is a, a outside the, the players that already exist there. It's an amazing carrot to be dangled for these young stars on the DP World Tour. We might see Americans actually come over here and start playing. We are going to see a serious turnover of players and the players who are always just keeping their cards, you better get on that practice fairway, fellas, because I'm telling you right now, this is going to change now. The golf is going to be upped. The ante is going to be upped. And there's going to be a turner. If you if if you're not that good, it's tada. It is, you know, yeah. They've had a strategic alliance. It's now sort of a, a more formalised joint venture. Bigger purses. The PJ Tour have announced. You know, the guys have said, look, we've come out, we've formalised this a little bit more. It's not just in response to live. You know, this was always the plan anyway. And I, Red, I know we. I always ask this question. We've talked about it or talked about it last before. We need a feel for Centurion, but. Given this new sort of partnership, or not new, but enhanced partnership between the DP and the, the PGA, and obviously the big names who have gone to live, 
how how's that changed for you in terms of the landscape and how this might look in you know one year two years time this is just my opinion if they want to live outside the the, the, the pga tour dates wise and the dp world tour it could be very awkward there'll be a lot of banning but maybe they can all get you know just maybe i don't know maybe they can all get together work out dates so they all can coexist i don't i just i hope but because we're sick of the squabbling squabbling yeah. Uh, it, it's it, it's no good. People, we all need to get into bed together and do what's best for our game. Look, we've only been handed the baton. We are here in our lifetime to to protect our game that our forefathers or foremothers have have looked and done and, and done for our game. We're we're here to protect it and do the best for this game. This squabbling is doing no one any good. I want to just pick up quickly before we move on. So something Patrick Reed said in the um, in the press conference ahead of Portland, he thinks shotgun start is a fairer test. So we don't have, say, the anomalies with the different sides of the draw, obviously different weather conditions. We've seen it quite often, you know, morning, late, late, early, the next, you know, weather vagaries, et cetera, et cetera. He thinks it's fairer because everybody's on the course at the same time. What did you make of that comment? Yeah, well, I remember doing the sixes up there at Centurion, funnily enough, years ago. And I said to my boss at Sky, I said, the best way to do this is do it shotgun. Yeah. So we all out there. I don't mind the shotgun. I'm not big about the um, the three rounds. How are we going to do three rounds? How are we going to get um, the fair world ranking points when the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour play four rounds? Yeah. So you want the same amount of, of world ranking points and you only play three rounds? I'm not, um, I'm not for that. But, you know, the shotgun... They'll be playing shotgun underneath the heart. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what do you th- what do you think about the whole shotgun? I was waiting for that. I'm Every not going to goes off. I duck, I duck under an umbrella. <laughs> I'm not going to break into songs. You don't need to worry about that. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, and I think Patrick had a point. I yeah, I think how often have we been at events and you say, "Oh, we got the bad side of the draw," you know it blowing a hoolie and pissed it down in the morning and it's beautiful in the afternoon. You know, it's, I, I kind of think I, I'm with you. I think I kind of like the shotgun. I kind of think it makes sense. Yeah. You can only have it with what are they, how many players they have, 48 or 40. Yeah, exactly. Like, do it like that. You can't do it with um, like what we, we, what we are used to the, um, the purest of the 154 players week in, week out. You're not doing it here at the Scottish right. Open, Irish or the next week at the Scottish or the Open Championship. Yeah, well, it'll never happen in majors or anything like that. I'll go out and take your positions, boys. I'm going to fire the shotgun. <laughs> getting your buggy or your getting your fan out to the thirteenth uh, tee. <laughs> but yeah, interesting. Look, we'll keep watching this space. Can I just say, by the way, you mentioned the Irish. I'm so jealous. You're sat in your beautiful Irish Open hotel, aren't you, right now doing this podcast? That for me, over the years, has been one of my favourite events to cover. I love the I love the Irish. I've never met a bad Irish man or bad Irish woman. They're just amazing. Yeah, it's always a great crack. I know you've had a couple of pints of Guinness already. You're in for a great week, aren't you? Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, you can see the Irish just absolutely love it. Um, you, I was out there today, pro am day, and uh, it, they were just yeah. You can see their eyes; they, they smile all the time. They're looking at the stuff. I'm just a little disappointed this week that um, there aren't more stars here. There's Seamus, there's Seamus um, Power, and there's Shane Lowry, and yeah. But um, you know, all these changes that are going on in the world. Uh, I think we're going to look at a few dates as well that can help Rory come to the Irish. I know Rory wants to come to the Irish, but Rory has to do. 
has to do to prepare for the, the, the Open, the Majors and all that sort of stuff. So he's got his own way to do things. So, But, you know, with the Majors finishing now in July, the Open Championship, we're done with Majors. We yeah. have got the season there. So that could open up a lot of stuff. And let's hope that happens. Definitely. Look, we're going to get into our new quiz. Give me a clue who's uh, soon. But I just want to run through good, bad and ugly because there's been so much to talk about. So many highlights, a few lowlights as well. Can I just say, for me, the good, seeing how Tong Lee win again on the DP World Tour was brilliant. You know, a guy who we talk so much about the highs in sport and in golf, and we heard from Matt earlier, but this is a guy who nearly quit the game. He was that low and that despondent with the game of golf, nearly quit. And then to get his first win in four years, unbelievable, hold some ridiculous putts coming in and in the playoff against Thomas Peters. And that celebration, for me, it was, I was crying watching it, you know, to see, quite often you don't see golf quite, quite often muted celebrations. To see him react like he did, I thought was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely marvellous. And you're, you're our presenter, one of our presenters, you and Nick. And what, 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 we, what, what did you, you presenting, and you would have been on that green interviewing if you're there. What would you have done when he started dropping the F-bombs? <laughs> It's funny, someone said, I don't know if you saw this on, I don't know if I put it on Twitter or on Instagram. Do you remember that time when he interviewed Henrik at the US Open and he dropped an F-bomb? And someone sent it to me the other day because it's US Open week. Someone said, oh, remember this TV gold when Henrik dropped the F-bomb live on air and I had to apologise about 50,000 times. So it's, it's kind of in that moment. It wasn't, yeah, not just one, but two. You and I'm like, how come on, you're live on air, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what would you have done? Would you have joined him? Oh, I think I would have started. I think I think I would have probably apologised. I don't know, but you know, it's kind of contagious, though, isn't it? If someone says something, you get caught up in the emotion, and you just yeah, it was. It, I, I shouldn't I shouldn't say this, but it was funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, amazing for how Tom. Bad for me. I don't know if you've seen. Did you see much of the KPMG, Lexi? Um, until the end of it, she did yeah. another. It was the US Open in 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 San Francisco last. Yeah. Last year, basically, um, she was what? She played the last eight holes. Played the last eight holes in five over. Um, she was what two up, three to play last week. And I, you know, I've, I say this a lot. I think interviewed her quite a few times at the U.S. Women's Open, and she's, you know, she's a superstar. She's been in the media spotlight since she was fourteen years of age. She's lovely, endearing, endearing girl. Great with the media, fans gives all that time. She works her tail off you see on instagram and social she's in the gym grinding at the practice ground talk about hard workers and that earlier she is relentless and i'm just I'm heartbroken for her but before the last seven holes i just you know she's such a talent and it's just painful to watch she doesn't look very good Sarah, over those four footers no she doesn't she doesn't look it's heartbreaking and actually we've got we're going to have suzanne Peterson as one of our guests on the pod um coming up so join us for that but we're going to talk a lot more about the women's game and I, I do want to sort of pick her brains a little bit on Lexi. Um, and just on that, good, bad and ugly, Justin Thomas was a little critical about the fact that they were put on the clock with two holes left to play. He said on social, read the room situation, all for cracking down on, so, on slow play. But, you know, a couple of holes left, they were put on the clock in a major. I kind of agree with him. I just thought that was a bit, that was a bit ugly. Um, so, yeah. That's, uh, that's what's been sort of intriguing me over the last few weeks. All right, it is time for Give Me a Clue Who. Radar, I think you're 2-0 down in the series so far. We've both been a bit rubbish. 
over the last couple of episodes. Are you ready to give it a good crack? This is where we guess the golfer based on a clue using their player bio on the tour's website. I've got good vibes for this one. So I've got my pen and paper ready of you. One second. <laughs> Organised as ever. So what we'll do, we'll go through the five questions and then we'll do the five answers at the end. Okay, ready. Give me a clue who. Right, number one. This punchy Aussie once won 204 bottles of whiskey for an ace. Punchy Aussie whiskey. 204 bottles of whiskey for an ace. Scott him. No, you got to write it down and we'll do it at the end. I think we know who he's going for. Um, Happy Sturkers. I'm just going to have a guess, a wild guess. Okay. Number two. This player was previously known as Anujit Urana Ratanakorn before changing his name for luck. He gave up car racing as it was too dangerous. Say that because I just love the way you pronounced it. Anujit Iruna Ratananakorn. Have you got that radar? Yep. Have you really? Well, I don't know, but I think <laughs> I'm going to have a guess. Right, number three. This 38-year-old still hasn't finished university after the rise in the wave of his golfing career up to professional ranks. 38-year-old? Can you give us a clue which nationality he is? Well, I've got a clue written down. That's what his that's what his degree is, and it's in business, economic, and business law. Oh, I know what you've done there. Yeah, he's tricked us with the wave. Oh, I know who this is. Do you? Yeah. Hang on a sec. I'm getting confused with. I have no idea. There. None. All right. Let's go on to number four. This Ryder Cup star and multiple winner hasn't hit a professional golf shot in over 10 years, despite only being 37. I know who this is. He was on social the other day, wasn't he? I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. Got him. You got him? Yep. And finally, number five. This great Dane celebrated in style after beating her boyfriend in one of the best golfing events of 2021. This great day. Red, I'm sorry, yeah. you're going down this month. No idea. God, give us the answer. So number one was this punchy Aussie once won 204 bottles of whiskey for an ace. Radar is the Aussie, you should get this. I went Leishman, didn't have a clue. It's captain of the punch team on the Live series, Wade Hornsby. Oh, I wonder what punch he was all about. Right. I'm thinking about a little punch shot. Right. Number two. Previously known as Anujit Hiruna Rata Anakorn, before changing his name for luck, gave up car racing as it was too dangerous. Sarah. Punch IJD. Radar. Afi Barnrat. It is Kiradesh Afi Barnrat. Oh, it's between two of them. I didn't know Kiradesh was a racing driver. He owns multiple Lamborghinis. Yeah. Right, the third one, you can just have a crack at it. I'll have a crack too, but 
Yeah, I got no idea. This 38-year-old still hasn't finished university after riding the wave of his golfing career up the professional ranks. Ray up. I really haven't. I really haven't got a clue. I, I, I've got no one. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> so, Sarah. so I've got two. I know they're both surfers. So, but I don't know if the one I'm going to say. I, I, I think he might be a bit old. I can't call it. Scotty. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, Scotty's forty. Yeah, I'll so, go Scotty. Scott. Yeah, but it, sorry, is it Will McKenzie then? It is neither. It is Rafa ah. Cabrera. Oh, oh yeah. Cool. Yeah, he's a surfer. So at the moment, it's it's one nil to Raider. One nil to Raider. Soon to go two. <laughs> so number right. four, this Ryder Cup star and multiple winner hasn't hit a professional golf shot in over ten years, despite being just thirty-seven. Sarah, you thought you knew this. I think I know it. AK. Yep, me too. Anthony Kim. Ooh. It is Anthony Kim. Yep. Yeah. Retired 10 years ago this month. And apparently isn't going to come back because he's on a massive insurance payout, isn't he? He never hit the ball in his life. 30 million. Yeah. I think Sturkers will get this one. This great Dane celebrated in style after beating her boyfriend in one of the best golfing events of 2021. Radar. Emily Pedersen. Who? So I'm, I'm taking it you have not got it then, Radar. No, I haven't got a clue. So she was, um, her boyfriend works for, Ollie works for Danielle Kang. And Emily Pedersen holds the winning part of Solheim. Beating a boyfriend who was a caddy. Well, he's, he was still wearing the opposite team's colours. You're a bastard. <laughs> So that was a tie radar. That was a tie. Oh, yeah. I've, I've not got a tiebreaker, unfortunately. No, we don't want that. I'm happy with a tie. <laughs> You're happy to take your half point. Brilliant. Love it. Okay. Well done, buddy. Well, listen, you have a great week at the Irish Open. I'm jealous. Looking forward to your posts on Instagram. Cool. And uh, thanks, thanks to you all for listening. It's been a great episode of Stackers and Radar Uncut. Brilliant to have Matt with us. And don't forget, check us out on social, Stackers Radar on Twitter, Stackers and Radar Pod on Insta. Hope you've enjoyed it. Our monthly podcast brought to you by King. Play your best. You know it makes sense. This has been a Monkey Pants Productions podcast.